Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm Andy Ruther coming to you live. From the Prano Palace. Oh, a little alliteration there. That's right. With my co-host, Joey No Chill Prano. We're, this is a first ever Prano. The first ever dirty sports from the Prano Palace. That's right. I love that the, the Prano Palace, by far, of all the names we've ever had for the places, the most sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> we are in my 285 square foot studio apartment. Just blocks away from the smut shack. Yeah, this is uh this is a first. Is it two hundred and eighty five square feet? I think that I think that's what they said, or three hundred and fifteen, something like that. Like it's right around three hundred square feet. <laughs> In San Francisco, this place would cost five grand a month. Yeah. It probably would. I mean, I, I was blown away about how much this cost when I first moved here, but it was literally like one of the cheapest places in Venice that also had a kitchen. Yeah. And allowed dogs, which may not be an issue <laughs> for very much long. I'll, oh, I'll, too I'll, soon. I'll have a lot of... Uh, too soon. I'll have a lot of uh, new apartment options soon. No, but we are over here because uh, Vince, it, my dog, for, for you newer dirtballs, is struggling lately. He's had a rough couple days, and uh, I, I didn't want to not do the podcast, but I also just straight up could not leave Vince... Uh, Without a supervision tonight, and uh, my lady's out of town, so the the show comes over here. And I just I do since since we brought it up, I do want to say that we're going back now. We look back to it was I believe September when Vince had his his big incident. Um, so it's almost like six seven months ago, and there's been a lot of complications since then. And uh, I don't know if he's going to recover this time or not. You know, uh, we'll, I guess we'll find out soon. But uh, the complications were something. I won't get into all the details of, like, what's going on because it's. I don't want to bore you with, like, dying pet details. But um, basically, uh, you know, at the time, I, they said, like, this, this might be something that happens. You might have complications. And it was something that I really had to think about at the time. And... Uh, we we decided to pull the trigger because if you remember, I was away. Yeah. Uh, when it happened, and I just couldn't I couldn't bear the idea of my dog passing away while I was like not here and like flying home or something like that. And a lot of the dirt balls came through and made donations to me um, that have like, I mean, I had no idea what this was going to cost from the beginning, and it. The dirt balls put a big dent in that initial cost, and obviously it's been months now of follow up shit. But um, looking back, I just want to say like the six seven months, if this is kind of the Vince's last stand, um, just having like the last six seven months to like come to grips with that and not have to like have your dog die while you're out of town is like something that I'll always thank the dirt balls for you know helping to make happen. So thank you guys. They're, you know what? We make, we joke about them. Sometimes they say I'm too hard on the dirt balls, but 
at the end of the day, yeah. it, it is the Dirtball fam, and we, we love them all, even ones we disagree with at times. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I know, like, I, I, I don't feel like I really attack a ton of dirt balls, you know. Some every once in a while, there's a there's a dumb, <laughs> well, every, well. Every once in a while, there's a dumb call, and maybe like I'll broadly attack people. Like if you don't think LeBron James is the greatest player in the NBA, kill yourself. But like when you know, uh, like I get very passionate about my my opinions and sports and all that. But like it's still a dirt ball fam. Like you can have you can you can be a Kobe slurper that believes in in organized religion, and you know. I don't actually hope you kill yourself. So well, thanks for all the support, Dirtball fam. Well, we love the Dirtballs, and they are a, a fervent group of individuals yeah. that make up the Dirtball fam as one. And I always know people that you have fucked with because they slide into my DMs and say things like this. Here's one I got last week, which is pretty funny. I'm not a LeBron hater, but can you show this to Prano? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's always like some stat or... Yeah. Uh, some hot take, which always makes me laugh. What was the what 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 came along with that? It was just that the NBA concedes missed goaltending on LeBron. <laughs> Great that they did admit they got yeah. the call wrong, and, and, and that was in like a two minute. What they do is a, what's called a last two minute recap, where they go over the last two minutes of the M, the referees' calls and decide if they were correct or incorrect. So somebody that sends somebody that also either by choice or not, has completely disregarded the in that report that the play before that was an out-of-bounds call, which they also said they got wrong. Yeah. Well, that's how it works. Yeah. Pick and choose. Yeah. Now, today was Game 7. You want to just get to it? Today was Game 7. So uh, I, was, I was trying to think about this when we – because really the – the NBA playoffs, like this, just since our last episode, has so much has happened. But so Game Six happened since our last episode. We kind of we talked about it. And we were like, I don't. I think the Cavs are going to win Game Six in Indiana. They get butt raped, boat raced in Indiana. They lose by thirty. Uh, they can't stop Oladipo at all. Um, Lance Stevenson's playing air guitar. Uh, he's in LeBron's head, like, <laughs> and then you come back to Cleveland, and this game was uh, this game was fascinating on on so many levels to me. You had uh, Tristan Thompson starting, yes, out of nowhere. G- you got to give the boy Ty Lue some credit. He made some coaching adjustments. Yeah, but then he, you also he, he saw our podcast. But then you also go like. Hey, why didn't you start him the whole time? Like, do we what, do we have to wait to Game Seven to do this? Did Kevin Love have to wait to Game Seven to be effective at all? George Hill apparently has has been out three games with back spasms. Which, since we're not doing a video episode tonight, you don't see my air quotes around back spasms. And then the Pacers don't play Lance Stevenson like fucking at all. And it was just a, it was the strangest mix of things. And then, of course, LeBron James goes quietly for 45. 26 at half. I got to see some of the first half uh, in, in the ultimate Andy Ruther bitch move of all time. I did not watch the full game because I was having... A, you went to a big gay brunch. A big gay brunch in West Hollywood with, with gay men. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, kind of missed that. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm checking the Cavs score. You, they, it, there was no TV at this brunch spot? No. Or it was tuned in to like 
Some fucking Kardashian show. Well, it was because uh, NSYNC is getting their star on the Walk of Fame tomorrow. Right. So it was connected through, you know. And you're now basically in the in the NSYNC fam. I am. You're in the Bass fam. So so it, it was Lance Bass's restaurant and he was there and some of the NSYNC guys. You gotta be like, yo, Lance, mixing a TV by the bar, bro. What are you doing? Yeah, I know. I walked in and it was only they were only playing NSYNC music. You, you don't ever want to like watch a drag race or something while you're having a <laughs> nightcap? <laughs> RuPaul's. And no, instead I got, instead of the Cavs game, I got to pay $45 for <laughs> some uh, brunch shit. It's hilarious. Brunch in West Hollywood is no joke, man. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever done it, but... We were talking about it before a little bit, but, like, uh, gays own Sunday. Oh, yeah. Like, Sunday is for the gays. Yeah. And um, in New York, Sunday used to be the night I went out because it was just, like, gays are out partying, and then chicks go out, like, even straight chicks go out to hang out with the gays. But, like, people are all getting ready for work the next day, and that used to be when I swoop in. Yeah. I used to bring it on Sunday night. That's actually a very smart move. I'm glad that you got that out to the dirt balls. Well, when I was when I was younger, back in my days when I would party, I was basically strictly a weekday partier. Like weekends, yeah. weekends are for pikers, dude. Who goes out on the weekends? Like I always say, like that's I'm at work during the week when I'm out partying. When you guys are like at work, at actual work, and then when you guys go out to party, like I go home and do like my shit. Um, so Thursday night was like my number one night, always. And then Thursday, Sunday, Monday, in that order. I like it. Yeah. That's actually a great strategy. And like you said, and like I do in my my jokes on stage, hook yourself to a group of gay guys. They're great wingmen. And go hang hang out brunch with them because chicks love hanging around gay dudes. I always used to do gay dudes on Sunday. (laughs) I'm not joking. Dude. I, I used to go back to back. I used to always do gay dudes. I, I would on do. Sunday. I would. I would fuck gay dudes on Sunday. <laughs> but you know who you come? You come back with on Monday a whole different crew because you know who hangs out on Mondays the straightest dudes ever because you go out for like Monday night football after yeah. work. So I would. I would go out with like my fucking gay friends or like just my like shishi cosmopolitan like whoever wants to go out friends and then just like dudes for happy hour and wings and then like whatever slags are hanging out after the monday night football game (laughs) (laughs) and then tuesday wednesday is just like i you still go out but you would just keep it semi-basic and then thursdays thursday is like the the real weekend i see a book joe prano's guide to getting laid oh totally you, yeah. you, you've already break it. You've already broken it down day I, by day. I used to crush Sunday, getting laid. Crush yeah. Sunday. I remember when we first started to get to know each other out here. You were big on Sunday. You were big on Sunday in Venice at the other room. Oh, dude, the other go to. Yeah, it's dark in there. I, I met I met one of my girlfriends at the other room yeah. on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Well, this Sunday, back to the NBA. LeBron James. Yeah. I mean, he put his whole put this whole team on his back, though. And he, he missed a couple minutes. He said he was going to play the entire game. He missed a couple minutes with cramps. Played 43 minutes. Yeah, he missed five minutes with cramps. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, 45 points. 45 points, I don't know, eight assists. Uh, what was his stat line? 45, eight, seven, and four steals or something like that? 45 points, nine rebounds, seven assists, four steals, 16 of 25 from the field, 11 of 15 from free throw line, and 2 of 3 from three-point range. Uh, like, the guy is ridiculous. Yeah. 
He's never lost in the first round. Although sometimes I'm like, oh, I hope he loses in the first round and doesn't have to go to the finals again and lose there because then people are going to be like, three and six in the finals. We all know it's better to lose before you get to the finals. That's where you want to lose, right, guys? Um, but, yeah, 45 points carried. Here's a fun fact. Nobody on his team scored 20 points the whole series. Wow. It's the first time since 2007 that no team has had a player score 20 points in a second player score over 20 points in an entire series. So he ain't getting any help. No. None. George Hill played well today. He was in the pick and roll with uh, Kevin Love. Like, they seem to find something. But I'll tell you what. The thing about the Cavs that makes me think that I don't think maybe they're not going back to the finals this year. And honestly, I think it depends on whether or not Philly gets through. Philly's a tough, Philly's just too young and has too many guys for them. But I think they can beat Toronto and I think they could beat Boston if it came to it. But Philly's going to be tough for them. No one cuts to the basket. It's all pick and rolls, and it's all standing around. If LeBron has the ball, everybody just stands, hopes he drives. Yeah. And if he does, and if he drives, he'll, maybe he'll kick it to them. And if he doesn't drive, like hopefully he'll he'll skip pass it to me in like some sort of incredible LeBron James only pass. It's like guys, cut to the fucking basket. You watch that Pelicans Warriors game. I was uh, the the Warriors blew them out, but I was like, this is fun because. Guys are just nonstop cutting on both teams. And Rondo, who I've been critical of a lot, he has disappeared on on straight-up teams for seasons. But it's like th- because they guys don't, aren't cutting to the basket. Guys cut to the basket, and he was throwing some fucking ridiculous passes, even though they got blown out by 30, so it, went, it didn't really matter. But still, it's just... Just cut. Somebody give the dude some help because this is not sustainable. Well, here's another stat for you. The Cavaliers this series were outscored point differential overall by 40 points in the seven-game series. Yeah. The last time a team won a series with that big of a deficit was the 81-82 76ers. Yeah. So we're talking some time, and you're right. That just shows it's not sustainable. He needs some help. I mean— Look, again, I didn't watch the second half of the game. I don't know what Kevin Love did, but he, he didn't finish with a good stat line again. Right, exactly. He might have hit a, cl- a few clutch threes, but he only finished with 14 points yeah. and six rebounds. But that's my point is like Kevin Love, like the, the internet was on fire today with Kevin Love tweets because Kevin Love had like nine second half points. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like all LeBron James needs is somebody. I, I tweeted. I, t- I tweeted. Who is this semi-competent big white guy, and how did he get Kevin Love's jersey? Like Kevin Love, you need to get fifteen a game. Yeah, you need to get fifteen a game. You can't get fifteen. No, a game. he needs, dude, dude. Kevin, you you just brought up the twenty point thing. Kevin Love for the Cavs to move on, he's got to average twenty points in the series. He you know, he averaged almost twenty during the regular season. Kevin Love has to average twenty points. In the series, for the Cavs to beat the Raptors, to beat the Sixers, to beat the Celtics, you name it. My, my point is, I don't know that he needs to, but I think if he does, they move on. win. Yeah. yeah. It's bad, though. It's, 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 I think we all see it. We all see it coming. What's up? 
Move your phone. Oh. Because sometimes that all the electrical devices near each other gives you a little, pop, you know, it can be a weird popping sound. Oh, okay. You know Look what I mean? Look at Jill. Text somebody savvy. texts you, and then some suddenly it's triggers something in your in the Zoom mic. I like how you were just you were motioning me, and I was like, and then I'm like grabbing my phone. I'm and, like, I'm like, what's going on? Is is there is there some sort of light in here? Yeah. <laughs> Although you know what, I I like being in a new setting. Yeah. Now I, I should say this though too, we're not filming due right. to circumstance. Right. So this will not sadly this will not be on YouTube, but I think you guys and sadly there will be no interns tonight. Yes. No interns chiming in, and no the interns. I think you guys fully understand. Yeah. Uh, and have sympathy with our with our situation, yeah, with Joe's and, situation. And honestly, like, uh, just to go back to it real quick, honestly, like, this is it's just because I had no uh, no second hand on deck here that I trusted. So yeah. when the lady gets back in town, she's the Vince Whisperer. I'll be I'll be back in the smut shack before you know it. But maybe maybe they want this more because so far Vince's hot takes and LeBron yeah. are perfect. Yeah, Vince is killing the game over there. Killing the game. Vince was Vince is like, hey, if I had if I had a disagreement, I would chime in. But <laughs> so far. You guys are, are killing it. Now, your Rockets, I'm going to say your Rockets, because your boy, Mike D'Antoni, whoops some ass today. Yeah, well, let's go back. Uh, I, you want to go back to Jazz Thunder? I do. I want to go back to Jazz Thunder because that, to me, I, took, I took much pleasure in that. Uh, L- Carmelo Anthony scores seven points in their final game. Carmelo Anthony scores four fourth quarter points. In the series. In the series. He scored four fourth quarter points. He scored four points in game one in the fourth quarter and zero in every other fourth quarter. And he's still talking about he won't go to the bench. Yeah, that's the news. Mello said If he- I was Paul George, I would have I would have left at the fucking press conference, dude. I would have left at the press conference. Well, this team's done. I'd have been like, what are we talking about here? Russell Westbrook's taking 45 shots a game and Carmelo Anthony scoring seven points a game and refuses to go to the bench and I'm supposed to stay here? Let's be honest, right? This team is done. Paul George, he's going to the Lakers. Can we assume? I, I think coming he's going, home. I think he's going to the Lakers, yeah. He's going to the Lakers. And he'll immediately be on a better team. Yeah. Because just with his addition, with his addition to the Lakers and his subtraction from the Oklahoma City Thunder, they'll be a better team. Yeah. So he's going to go to the Lakers probably. I don't know what the deal is with Westbrook and his uh, contract. Melo, you can basically close the book on Melo, right? Yeah. Melo's done. done. Finito. But also, but also Melo is – the people who think Melo is washed just do, have not been paying attention. Melo, Melo could have scored 25 points a game in that series. He could have, and they would have gotten blown the fuck out in four games. When Melo scores, teams lose. When Melo is a contributor, teams are good. And on the Oklahoma City Thunder, he just couldn't figure out a way to not be Melo, to be a ball-stopping fucking douchebag. And... Like, dude, there's a lot of athletes. But what's his role? This is my question. Melo, has, his whole life has been the guy. He's been the offensive guy. Defense, always been suspect. Rebound, suspect. I guess my question is, what was Melo supposed to do when he went to the Thunder? What What is the proper way for him to adapt his game? The proper way to adapt Spot his Spot-up shooter? Well, first of all, yes and no. First of all, yeah. Be prepared he's always actually been a good catch and shoot player yeah so be prepared to be a catch and shoot guy 
Okay. Now you you don't have to like I, I'm again putting carry the team in air quotes because he didn't carry these teams anywhere. But all the effort that you have to put in to get your empty 30 every night or your empty 40 where your team loses anyway, but all the effort you have to put in just to score all those points, dial that back. Put a little bit more effort into running the floor. Put a little bit more effort into playing a little defense. Put a little more effort into being 6'8 and grabbing a fucking rebound every once in a while. Put a little more effort into cutting to the basket, moving the ball. Like, you know, it's tough to just straight up score all the time. And it it, it also does not make for a well-rounded basketball player. You're now on a team where you're not required to do that or be that guy. So change your fucking game, bro. Yeah, especially since your game fucking stunk. Your game fucking stunk. You are the goddamn empty forty points of like all time. Like he's gonna be, he's gonna finish with like t- top fifteen point scorer of all time for what? For nothing. For like just the most useless waste of points. Because you're just not fucking good, dude. You're not a good basketball player. And honestly, that's we, we you know obviously we've harped on the. I have the the LeBron James, Michael Jordan comparisons time and time and time again. It's like everybody's like, oh, look, you scored 30. It's like scoring is one aspect of basketball. It's one fucking aspect of the game. And uh, some great players don't fucking score at all. And all you do is score, you're useless to me. I The best players do fucking everything. Look in the game that we're talking about. Now we'll transition into Rockets, Jazz. James Harden scored 41. It could have been 50. But he would he would get by guys. He would go to the basket, and he would throw these, like, layup. Have you seen this layup lob that he does? Yeah, that's one of his moves. It's one of his moves. Yeah. If you can throw a perfect lob to within a foot of the basket, you can put that ball in. But... And I've not never really been a big James Harden fan, but when you're doing that, you're, what you're doing is you're being unselfish. You're getting other guys involved in the game, and it makes for everybody staying happy instead of people standing around and going, "Fuck Harden! All he does is go fucking take every goddamn shot." And they're they're going, "This guy's fucking sharing the ball," and that's why they're fucking winning. No car, no team with Carmelo Anthony ever fucking did. Do we give the Jazz any chance this series? No. Especially with Ricky Rubio out? Uh, do I give him a chance to win some games? Yeah. Yes. Do I give him a chance? I don't give him a chance for the same reason that I don't give uh, the Pelicans a chance in the Warriors game. I watched both of those games. I was excited for it. As much as I'm rooting for the Rockets for my boy, I'm not like root. I don't want to see a blow. Like, I'd like to see some good basketball. I am. I'm still in full NBA boner mode. And, like, they played pretty well, and they lost by 14. You know what I mean? Like, I actually don't think the Jazz have a ton more in them. Yeah. And Harden, dude, I got to say, I mean, I think LeBron James is still the MVP in terms of, like, if you think about without LeBron James 45, they would have scored, you know, 11 points tonight as a team. But James Harden is doing something else entirely offensively this year, and it, he's only stepped up in the playoffs. That was the quietest, calmest 41 I've ever seen scored. I think he, I mean, there's not, yeah, I don't know what else to say. He's having a great year. 
but again, my mind is already just fast forwarded. I'll be honest. Warriors, Rockets. That's what it's all going to come down to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look. and and, that, and and this is kind of where your and my disagreement has always come down to with D'Antoni, maybe even with Harden. It's like the Rockets have to win that series, in my opinion. Even to, though to do what? Just to make that next leap for Harden as a player, D'Antoni as a coach. Okay, but jumping to that next pedestal—that's all I'm saying. But now the 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 question with that is, and I think that certainly. They absolutely they do make a a leap with a win of that series, but um, like when you look at because because real quick before you say what you're gonna say, I just don't see any team from the East winning the title. Right. My point is, whoever comes out of the West, there is your NBA right. champion. But but I guess my point is is like the the D'Antoni pop thing is like I I mean. I love Mike D'Antoni. I think Mike D'Antoni is a great coach. But I mean, what what Greg Popovich is able to do with like the talent that he has sure. at times is like whatever. D'Antoni like gets a lot out of lesser talent, but Pop gets guys like you know, you're like, well, who is this French dude? Patty Mills. Like, yeah, pa- exactly. It's guys like Patty Mills to and, play well and winning titles across however many years. Like I think Pop is the greatest NBA coach in history. But I mean, when you look at a guy like Tyron Lue or Steve Kerr or whatever, like. We're, are we saying that these guys have made the leap because they've gotten to finals and won titles and that they're on a different level? Because to me, Mike D'Antoni has already proven something in this season in taking that team to the first to the first seed. But also just the way James Harden's playing like this is a this is a guy who was like an eight seed with Kevin McHale and a choker. And like you didn't know what you're doing. Now he's just like calmly having 41. They have the best record in basketball. Like people are just going like, oh yeah, the Houston Rockets and the Warriors. It's kind of a done deal that they're going to play in the NBA Finals. It's like, yeah, it's a done deal because Mike D'Antoni came in and completely changed the Rockets. No one's looking back three years ago with essentially the same roster and going like, oh, it's a done deal. It's just going to be Rockets Warriors for the next five years. Completely off topic with Mike D'Antoni. Yeah. Because this just came to me. What came first, Pringles or Mike D'Antoni? Because I think there's some sort of cease and desist going on. <laughs> because he doesn't have the mustache anymore? For a lawsuit. Yeah. So Pringles is a Procter & Gamble company. Mm-hmm. I think Mike D'Antoni maybe should sue them for that look. For- because I'm looking it up. Pringles is currently owned by Kellogg's. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Yeah, actually, it's currently owned by Kellogg's. Procter & Gamble sold it in 2012. It started in 1967. The question is, at what point was Mike D'Antoni wearing that mustache? Oh, definitely definitely after 67. Okay. Right? So, I mean, how old can D'Antoni be? D'Antoni can't be... D'Antoni's not 70 years old. Mike D'Antoni... Mike D'Antoni's got to be what? 60? He's 66. 66. Okay, so... I mean, we're talking about what you what you say, sixty seven. It came out sixty seven. So that means he was born in born in fifty one. Fifty one. Yeah. I'm just saying he could have had the mustache at age sixteen. You think? Who who had it first? The Pringles can or Mike D'Antoni? I think D'Antoni not having the mustache now tells us everything we need to know. I think they hit. I think Pringles hit D'Antoni with the cease and desist. Okay. and, And he did cease and desist. Yeah. Interesting. I'm learning a lot about Mike D'Antoni now. I have his Wikipedia page up. I didn't it, know he went to Marshall. Oh yeah, 
So him and Randy Moss. Yeah, he went to Marshall. His brother now coaching at Marshall. Dan D'Antoni. Yeah, I big, knew his brother was coaching big, there. Big West Virginia family. Played played in Europe. Played in Italy. Came over here. First head coaching job was with the Rockets. Uh, sorry, the uh, Nuggets. Nuggets, uh, Suns, Knicks, Lakers, Rockets. Yeah. And, yeah. Interesting. D'Antoni, yeah. a point guard, by the way, in, in Italy. Was definitely rocking the mustache over there. Oh, he even played for the uh, the men's Italian the, the Italian men's national team. Does he speak Italian? I think he does. Yeah, that was also how he ended up drafting Gallinari. He played with Gallinari's dad in Italy. It's a ah. fun fact. I his, what, his favorite wine is Montepulciano. I wonder what he think about Joe's Pizza right by your place. I I wonder what he think about the fake Coach Antonio on Twitter. <laughs> I I've heard that he's heard about it. You have. Yeah. There's I've rumors. Heard, I've heard that he's aware. You know what D'Antoni's a big fan of? I saw during an interview, which I don't know why you wouldn't be a big fan of. SeatGeek. Oh, yeah. D'Antoni loves SeatGeek because everywhere he goes, he looks into the crowd, and there's somebody rocking the D'Antoni mustache, and he's like, you don't look like a guy who could afford tickets this close. And then they're always like, yeah, I got him on SeatGeek. Yeah. And what's great about SeatGeek, D'Antoni, as we just discussed, a well-traveled man, yeah. Italian-American, played overseas. You can use SeatGeek basically anywhere, guys. There are no limits to SeatGeek. Concerts, comedy shows, sports, wherever you live. I know Lots we have truck rallies. Yes, I know we have international dirt balls. Uh, I was looking the other day. Because you know I was looking on SeatGeek. I'd like to see a concert at the relatively newly remodeled Forum yeah. here in L.A. Yeah, you I, you weren't you weren't thinking about going to see Timberlake. I wasn't. I was not going to. I was not going to see Timberlake as much as uh, I. You know, I, I got a shout out to my my NSYNC boys. Uh, I couldn't afford those tickets. I think we should go see U two at the Forum. They're coming back to the Forum. They are. Yeah, and you haven't seen U two live, right? I have not. And you're not like you're not a big U two guy, or you are. I am. Oh, okay, you like, are. I wouldn't say big, but they they play a lot. I never revealed this. They play a lot of my Smut Shack. In the Smut Studio, and I've always said I know there are YouTube haters out there because of uh, because of the the one time where they just tried to give people free music, <laughs> <laughs> which is always my favorite backlash of all time. They're like, "Fuck you, YouTube!" Yeah, um, but if you see them live, it's a, a game changing experience. Well, we'll get let's those... go. Let's get some tickets on SeatGeek. Let's do that. And Dirtballs, you guys also can get twenty dollars off your first SeatGeek purchase because that's what we'll get. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code. Dirty today. That's promo code Dirty for twenty dollars off your first SeatGeek purchase. Was there any other NBA stuff that we missed? Um, I'm trying to. What think. about what about Sixers? So setting up, yeah. looking ahead. Mm-hmm. Sixers, Sixers Celtics, Celtics, Cavs, Raptors. Um, LeBron just needs some help. All I, interesting series. I, I think. Uh, you know, and I don't want to disrespect the Raptors. I think the Raptors have a very, very good uh, chance of winning that series. I agree, especially if the Cavs play the way they have been. But if LeBron James, hold gets on, help- we, we have a call coming in. Hey guys, you definitely know who it is. We're coming in as favorites. I don't know if you guys know this. This is the first time that LeBron's Cavs have been an underdog in a playoff series in the Eastern Conference since 2008. Go Cavs! Go Raptors. 
Yeah, sorry. <laughs> my impersonation was completely botched at the end. I wonder there. if that kid would now call me. He's like, I heard he made fun of me. <laughs> One of my, f- these are two of my low key favorite things I enjoy having this podcast. One is seeing younger dirtballs mature before yeah, our eyes, go through, before our ears, go yeah. through puberty via phone calls. True, before our yeah. ears, and also is the fan mail that gets sent to the smut shack. Did you get something recently? I got. I a, still have those fucking scooter skates up there. Yeah, see, like that stuff. I got a nose, and, and that's a that's a puzzle from surfers. Unbelievable. I got a nose, ears, and uh, I guess. Whatever, like around the face yeah. trimmer. Yeah. Nose, I, ear, hair trimmer. Got yeah. It. I don't know who sent it. Those are wonderful, by the way. Yeah. It actually feels great to use in those electric nose hair trimmers. Yeah. It was it was uh, labeled Andy Aloysius Ruther. Well, which um, possibly a Knicks fan that sent that because I don't know if you know Aloysius, Patrick Ewing's middle name. Did not. That's a good fun fact. Yeah. I used to tell uh, people in high school that my middle name was Aloysius. This one girl believed me forever and still to this day calls me Aloysius. <laughs> That's great. Well, I, I, I love the I love the random mail, though. And lately I've been getting a lot of concern from family, friends, maybe a date I've gone on where they're like, oh, so people have access to your address. And, you know, I posted the thing for the SAT, which shows my address. And I just say, yeah, what's wrong with it? Like today, one of my friends said at brunch, he's like, what if that one day he really disagrees with the hot take you have and kills you? Yeah. And I'm like, if somebody really disagrees with an Andy Ruther sports hot take enough to kill me, good for them. Yeah, yeah. Also, it will blow up the Dirty Sports Podcast for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, you're flying this ship solo. Yeah. Could you imagine how quickly we'd be like, first of all, I would definitely become like one of those Parkland kids and just start going on everything talking about. <laughs> I, would, I would just start, ta- I would just start talking about gun control all the time in hopes that suddenly a bunch of fucking liberals would listen to the Dirty Shorts podcast. Dude. What's, I'd be like, we got to get rid of gun controls. It killed old Denty. What SeatGeek pays us now yeah. versus what they would pay in the future Yeah, because the amount of downloads we'd have. Oh, yeah. Not that we're putting that out there. Not that I want anybody to murder me yeah. in the smut studio. But if you want and the, then we could but sh- if you want this show to blow up and for Maddie Goldberg to be my co-host, definitely kill Andy. And then we could also do a thing where, you know, when you go to the JFK Memorial and there's an X where he was shot. Yeah. You could charge people. Yeah. You could turn it into like the smut studio memorial. <laughs> Just people laying. Like, be, I'll let them come out by your pool and suntan in the spot where you were shot and then drown <laughs> <laughs> wait this has now turned into an elaborate yeah. thing they're gonna they're also gonna drown me in I, would the pool? Love, I would love to know like this your sports hot take that would get you murdered too and, and that's also what i said today i said you, you said it's definitely gonna be my co-host that's what i said murdered. i was like you know you know it's, it's my gay buddy he doesn't listen he doesn't watch sports i was like i was like not the gay dudes don't watch sports yeah he didn't yeah anyway i was like yeah it would i go it would definitely be a, Michael, Not the gay dudes don't watch sports, but like, is tennis a sport? I mean, like, what <laughs> I'm like, it would definitely be a Michael Jordan slurper. Yeah, uh, who it, would, it would definitely be like some kid in Nebraska who simultaneously roots for the Lakers and the Patriots. That kills me. And Derek Jeter. Yeah, and Derek Jeter, the Yankees, the Patriots, and the Lakers. It, it'd be an interesting combo. Yeah. Let's talk about the Celtics series though for a minute. So the Celtics, basically, second half. One yesterday, yeah. and turned it on. Yeah, turned it on. Yeah, that's the word I'm looking for. I think that's a really interesting series because 
Now Jalen Brown is out, though, correct? Yes. Now you have the young talent of the Sixers, but then you also have the mastermind coaching of Brad Stevens. Yeah. Basically, that's what this is going to boil down to, I think. I I agree 100%. And I've said from the beginning of these playoffs in both the East and the West, although... um, I think more. I think the way it shook out in the West with the seedings the changing all in the last day, I think it actually ended up becoming a, a bigger problem in the East than it was that I thought was going to be for the West, which is the matchups are are key. Like I think the Cavs match up better against the Raptors than they did against the Pacers. Now I know the Raptors are a one seed, but I think matchup wise, why do you say that? Because for one, DeRozan, who I think is a fantastic player, is not a three-point guy. He is like an old-school mid-range player. Yeah. He gets his bucket in the mid-range. And when Oladipu was going to the basket, it was it was great for the Pacers. But when he was hitting his shots from three, that was it. Like, when they couldn't – like, in game six, he hit a couple of huge threes that were legitimately what, like – broke the back of the Cavs and eventually put them to the point where they just like ended up getting blown out. I think with DeRozan being more of a mid-range guy, it's just like less explosiveness in terms of like, oh, a big back-to-back buckets, like four points, you know, in in the grand scheme of things. It can be so much for momentum versus six points. Um, So I think that matchup-wise – that that the Cavs got a really tough draw for themselves in the first round. Also with Lance Stevenson, like Stevenson is a psychopath. I wouldn't want him on my fucking team, but he clearly gets in the head of LeBron James. You yeah. know what I mean? So I think that that was a tough matchup, and they struggled with them in the regular season. I think they match up better with the Raptors. And I think that you know they're gonna need help to move on from somebody besides LeBron, but I don't put it past them. And the same thing goes for. Sixers and Boston is like Sixers are a great team. They've they've come together very nicely. They have a lot of young guys, but with young guys comes playoff inexperience. And when Brad Stevens gets out there, like to me, I think Brad Stevens is probably happy to be playing the Sixers this round instead of teams that are a little bit more experienced playoff wise. Well, both teams are going to be inexperienced, Philly and Boston. Uh, but right, but I'm but. From a, from a player standpoint, but I'm ta- I'm talking about coaching. Like gotcha. He's, he's going to be coaching against guys who have never been in this yeah, situation. Yeah, where he's got the edge there. I gotcha. Did you see what? Uh, who's the guy in Philly? Who's the foreign guy who? I, I loved his shade at the Miami fans. Did you see this? The foreign guy and the shade at the Miami fans. Because he was saying how uh, Ilasova. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That they don't go to games. Just how you know Boston will be. Jumping because they have good support and good yeah. fans. How, but how my he's like, and they'll probably be pretty nice to me because I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, and B's really in for one this week. <laughs> he's like, Ben, I don't know, he's light skinned, he's got an Australian accent, they might take it easy on him. Oh, and Bede seems so. Meanwhile, he's like, <laughs> they're probably going to try to trade for JJ Reddick by the end of the series. <laughs> and Bede seems so just like chill. Does Embiid ever get mad? Like, not that he wouldn't get mad, but Embiid seems the type of guy who uh, a racist fan in Boston would say some sort of awful racial slur, and he just like you know what I picture like you know he'd make a joke out of it. Yeah, you know, uh, you know the 
Kermit the Frog meme where he's drinking the tea. Yes. Like I just imagine like Boston fans yelling the N-word over and over and then just a side view of Joel Embiid drinking a Shirley <laughs> Temple. He's like, you're racist, but that's really none of my business. It's just drinking a Shirley Temple out of a mason jar. You're racist. That's none of my business, but I already have a double-double and it's halftime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just side of the head, Joel Embiid drinking just a straight cup of grenadine. Right. Like, like, And again, I could be completely wrong in this. So I'm sure somebody will correct me on this. Has Embiid ever really lost his mind with anger uh, on the court? Uh, he gets pretty fired up out there sometimes, but it's usually, uh, it's usually like pretty – he usually does it in a pretty jovial manner. If there's anyone... Again, I'm, he's filled with the sugar. You yeah. Know what I mean? <laughs> if there's anyone I'm binging on high-end soda with, yeah, it's Joel Embiid. We need high-end soda reviews. With, when we when we blow up, that's what you're going to do. You're going to do high-end soda reviews with Joel Embiid. Well, I've thought, I'll be honest... Sadly, the only way we're going to blow up is if somebody murders you. So, sort of a catch-22. Yeah, that is a, <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a, that is a catch-22. I have thought about doing high-end soda reviews on my own. Yeah. As a joke, it's funny you say that. I actually, it's one of the Andy Ruther ideas. I, I need to see some Stewarts. And I need to see some Doc, Doctor Browns. Oh, oh I'm, I'm familiar with all those. You are familiar. I am. Yeah, Doctor Browns is that shit. Yeah, a little black cherry Doctor Browns. That might be my favorite all-time soda. I do like this idea though uh, of me and Joel and B doing high-end soda reviews. Yeah, we got to work on Ricky Williams still, man. Four twenty's coming up. He never responded <laughs> to the email. Yeah. Let's just show up. So he does yoga. What episode is this? This is 412. Okay. So we have about... We have a month. Yeah. He does yoga every single Sunday night. It's called Mystic Journey. Yeah. Right by us in Venice on Lincoln Boulevard. We should go. In fact, here's what I think we should do. Bring the interns? We should bring the interns. We should bring Jesus. We should bring literally anybody who... We should thust some yoga classes for any dirtball that's in the Los Angeles area. I like it. Come in a dirty sports t-shirt. Let's just have a, a class of straight up dirtballs doing yoga. Also, I'll feel really comfortable doing yoga in front of you guys instead of like the hippies that go to fucking Ricky Williams class. Do you think there's just like cheddar dicks who come in like fucking Ricky Williams Dolphins jerseys? <laughs> I don't. That, that's an interesting question. I thought about that. Now, I had signed up for a class, but then I couldn't make it. Because we were thrusting volleyball one yeah. weekend and there wasn't enough time before we record this. I thought about that. Who's because because Ricky advertises it on his Twitter. Is there anybody But I'm saying like we should all show up in Thust the Process shirts and he's gonna be like, What is happening? What is Thust the Process? I'll be like, I'm glad you asked, Ricky. We have a podcast. Well, I have no problem, you know me, putting myself out there. At the end If you own a Thust the Process t shirt and you live in the Los Angeles area, Dirty, slide into the DMs and let us know, and we're, we will thust you some yoga class with Ricky Williams. So every Sunday, he teaches yoga right there, again, on Lincoln Boulevard. It's called Astrologic, a weekly workshop with Ricky Williams at Mystic Journey on Lincoln Boulevard. I'd say we do it. I, th yeah. I think that's the plan. Is that the move? Yeah. Vince, Vince is getting excited about it. I know. It over Vince, there. Vince is turned up. He, he heard Ricky Williams and yoga, and, and, he, and he's very excited. Anything else about the NBA that you wanted to cover? Is I'm there anything I missed? I'm trying to think. No. Uh, we got. No, I think, that, I think that's really it. All right. Well, I think we got to talk a little NFL draft, Prano. So the draft was on Thursday. This is Sunday night. 
And as usual, I mean, this is going to be our hot take. I think we're going to agree. As usual, the Browns give us so much content. Browns going to Brown at this point is like, it's crazy because the Browns organization is just a color scheme and a location. The players within that and the the management within that the gm the coach the players everything changes and yet they just keep browsing and i'm gonna say this it's really really hard to predict who's gonna be good in the nfl and who's not gonna be good in the nfl tom brady was a six-round fucking pick okay ryan leaf went second overall it's really hard to do but my issue with what the Browns did is you took two players at one and four that no one wanted for like 10 to 15 picks. So if if Mayfield was your guy, maybe don't leak that story like two days before that like the Browns are taking Mayfield and then you could have fucking traded back. I mean, when they got Mayfield at one, they could have traded back at four and taken the corner. The, the corner that they took... It wasn't even necessarily across the board considered the best corner in the draft. Yeah. The kid the the kid the fucking Packers took from Louisville. I, I've heard people say that he was the best corner in the draft. So Denzel, I've heard that Denzel kid, Ward was the corner yeah, they took. And I've heard isn't Fitzpatrick from Alabama was a corner and safety. Well, oh, for the, from the Dolphins, yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick, yeah. yeah. I saw that was listed as a big steal. He, dude, here's my thing on this. Again, I'm not an expert. Right. You're not an expert. This is, like you said, this is so tough to choose uh, players coming in the NFL. But if you're going to have a bust, man, for the number one overall pick, I'd rather take my chances with one of these other guys. Dude, Baker Mayfield... Comes this this was always been my issue with him. He comes from the Big Twelve. Let's look at recent successful quarterbacks from the Big Twelve. A, a league that now now not that I'm a college football expert, but I watch enough of it. The Big Twelve has for years been a league that plays zero defense. Yeah, it's just shootout like all the time. Exactly. So let's look at who's come out of the Big Twelve recently. In the last what ten years, Colt McCoy. RG3, who obviously had a great rookie year. Uh, Bryce Petty. Who? Yeah, from Baylor. Um, Brandon Whedon. And I'm sure I'm just thinking of some off the top of my head. That's four right there. My point is, you've taken a guy who they're saying he's very accurate, but he's accurate against shitty defensive backfields. Here's my thing. And he's short. And look, I could be wrong. Baker Mayfield, to me, Andy Ruther, mark it down, call me wrong if this happens, is 100% going to be a bust. I, my, my thoughts on this are so wide-ranging. But one, I think where you end up is so important. I didn't, yes. like, I didn't like Rosen. I didn't want the Giants to take Rosen. People could tell me Rosen's good. Rosen now goes to a team that is picking higher than they've picked in a long time who is a pretty good organization that plays indoors that, I mean, obviously Arians is gone, but like to me, you have David Johnson. Yeah. You have David Johnson. You have the end of Larry Fitzgerald. You've got a good defense. Like to me, Rosen, 
who I didn't really like that much, is in the best position ever. It's like it's like Aaron Rodgers. It's like Aaron Rodgers. Granted, Aaron Rodgers is fantastic. Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion, as far as just skill wise, is the be- is playing it at the highest level that anybody's ever played the position. Yeah, but it helps that he fell to fucking fifteen or fourteen or wherever the fuck he got picked nineteen because he went to a fucking good team, and so it sucks for Baker Mayfield that in the end, like. He will be the guy that busts because everybody that goes there. You're right. Is the it's guy not a good busts. situation. But to be fair to Baker Mayfield, I don't want to just shit on him. Yeah, I didn't like any of the quarterbacks. Me either. And I said that going in. Me either. And I'll, I'll say this too. I, my only problem with the pick, if they like Mayfield, great, fine. You like Mayfield. You don't have to take him at one. You could have taken. They could have taken Barkley at one and still gotten Mayfield at four. They could have taken, they could have traded down and gotten the guys that they wanted, both guys they wanted, and gotten more picks. If these are the guys you want, then why don't you find the value in trying to take them somewhere else? My other issue with Baker Mayfield, and granted, I don't watch college football anymore. I just don't have the time on the weekends. I watched him in the game against Georgia, which was the Rose Bowl, correct? Yes. He played great. And he, I thought he looked amazing when he was outside the pocket. And I think he, I thought he looked pretty garbage in that game when he was inside the pocket. That's been his big knock, by the way. And it's the NFL, man. As much as the game is changing and it's great to have a quarterback who can play outside the pocket, first things first, you need to be able to throw strikes from the pocket with the rush on you. Because everybody fucking loves to tell me, oh, look at this guy, look at this guy, look at look at Russell Wilson, look at Deshaun Watson, look at whatever. It's like, yeah, okay, until one of those guys fucking does it for real, consistently, I'm going with guys that are just throwers of the football. Aaron Rodgers is great outside the pocket, too, but give Aaron Rodgers some time, and he's going to throw a strike without moving. And to me, I don't want a quarterback that is. I don't. I want a quarterback that's comfortable on the run, but I don't want a quarterback that's more comfortable on the run. I'm not calling him Johnny Manziel number two, but he does share some. Again, listen to me clearly. Some of the off the field bullshit of that swag, of that cocky. What are you talking about? He shares size. He shares style of play. He shares off the field issues. He shares that he was Instagram living the fucking whole draft from his living room. He shares that he fucking was recreating Brett Favre pictures. It's like, dude, he shares a lot. He's already a thing. He's already a thing. He's fucking Baker football. You know what I mean? Well, okay. I think you bring up some really good points. So maybe he is more Manziel than I thought. But I, I'm not saying he's it. A crack addict. (laughs) (laughs) What I think that creates, and I'll just be honest, I think when you are that flamboyant and that cocky and that boisterous, I especially as a white dude, I'm serious. I think in a league that's predominantly, it's still predominantly black, I think you put a fucking mark on yourself 
for the like Johnny Manziel did. Do you remember Johnny? Do you, I don't know if you remember Johnny Manziel's first you game. Love Manziel out of college. But do you remember Johnny Manziel's first game against the Bengals and they beat the shit out of him and they they were all sacking Doing the money side. and mimicking him and basically I think Vontez Perfect might have even stabbed him at one point. My thing is, dude, you're cre- you've already created this, like you were just saying, with social media, with all this stuff, with his antics in Ohio State, you know, at midfield when he put the Oklahoma flag there in the sh- in the horseshoe. Dude, you come with a fucking mark on your head. And like you were saying, Prano, it'd be one thing if you were going to a situation where, like maybe the Cardinals, where they're the 10th overall pick, where they're a piece or two away from being a decent team. Dude, you're going to the Browns. Also, it's a completely different thing if the if the Browns go, we traded down, and they're like, what? They traded out the number one pick? And then you draft them at 15, and you go, look, no one had Mayfield that high. We like him. We took him at 15. We're going to play him behind Tyrod Taylor for a couple years. We're going to let him develop. We don't think we're ready to win right now. We don't think that there's a quarterback that can save this whole thing. We we have a lot of building to do. We traded down. We got the guy we wanted, and we got a bunch of picks in the next couple of years. I'd have been like, you know what? That was a fucking reasonable as shit move for the Browns. Instead, they were like, we got a guy we could have gotten at 15 at one overall. And honestly, I don't know who this Dorsey guy is. I think he used to fucking work for the Chiefs or whatever. But he also, I saw him talking. And he's like, I think... uh. It's an interesting move. I was like, dude, if you don't know that when you're saying uh before a word that starts with a vowel, that it becomes an, I can't respect you at all. Well, I told you before the show, because I'm not the biggest ESPN guy. I think we've made that known. I was watching the NFL Network for the whole draft because they were also airing it live. Because I'd much rather hear the NFL Network than those cheddar dicks over at ESPN. So I was watching the NFL Network, and Mike Mayock you know, is, is the guy who analyzes talent for the NFL Network. He had him as his fourth quarterback. Right. Which is interesting. It's not like he had him as the second or third best. He had him as the fourth best. Look, again, it's really hard to fucking predict these things. The game's changing right in front of our eyes. I don't watch a ton of college football. I watched a lot of these guys' highlights leading up to this. I watched Johnny Manziel in the playoffs. Or uh, Johnny Manziel. I'm already calling him Johnny Manziel. I watched Baker Mayfield in the playoffs. I, he, to me, he's not the kind of guy that I'm drafting first overall. But, again, my big problem with it is just like you, you had picks and you fucking didn't use them in the most valuable way you could. They also had, they also had the option to take Chubb. And they didn't take him, and they could have dra- they could have traded down. The fucking Denver Broncos probably their GM probably literally jizzed in his pants. John Elway when they were like, "We didn't." Is he their GM too? I think he is. Right? He's I, thought, the I know he's the president. Either way, John John Elway definitely jizzed in his pants where he was like, "Wait, he they're they're not taking him before they wait they weren't willing to trade, and they're not taking him before." Okay, this is this is the greatest thing. That That's ever a happened. good pick. I like that pick for the Broncos. Chubb. Well, across from it, Von Miller. Yeah, it literally gave John Elway a massive Chubb. Yeah, when he yeah, saw Chubb yeah. was available, and and it would have been a smart move for the Browns to take two. Who's the kid they got last year from in the draft? Uh, Who's the Miles? Yeah, yeah, Garrett. Garrett Miles. Yeah, right. No, is that that's not his name? Is it Miles Davis? Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett. The fucking other DN who got hurt. I think it's it's Miles Garrett, right? Yeah, it's Miles Garrett. Okay. 
I thought you were trying to tell me it was Garrett Miles. And then I was like, I'm all off my shit. Garrett Miles sounds like the whitest dude of all time. Miles Garrett, yeah. I don't know, man. Again, you name your black son Miles, by the way. But he spells it M Y. Oh, there you go. That explains it. Thank you for solving that question. Because the white guy would be M I. Yeah, totally. Look again. Maybe these picks will work out for the Browns, but for yeah, for I think from our perspectives, you're watching this and you're thinking, do you guys are you just trolling your fans at this point? Yeah. But but the five quarterbacks. I want to talk about this for a minute. Five quarterbacks in the first round. The first round. Five. So we had Mayfield, Darnold. Darnold at two, which I don't like either. Uh, Darnold at three to the Jets. Oh, yeah, that's right, because you guys had... I like your pick. So, uh, well, let's talk about that. Well, you get, let's go through the quarterbacks, but then we'll come okay. back to the Giants. Uh, so you got Mayfield, Darnold, Allen, Rosen. Who's the fifth that went in the first round? Lamar Jackson at five. Oh, oh Lamar at, at the end. Right. The last the, pick of the round. The Ravens. Baltimore. The Ravens traded up for him. That's right. Which is an interesting move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if I should give you my the scouting report we got. Should I share that? I guess we probably should. That could transition nicely into the Giants thing. You can share it. I think it's uh, a great tidbit. I, I'll, uh, <laughs> so, basically, I don't love Lamar Jackson, but at the same time... It he's was, interesting. Yeah, he's interesting, and the Giants need a quarterback, and for the future at some point, but I didn't want any of those guys. I certainly didn't want anybody at two. So we pick, we make our pick at two. I'll come back to Barkley. We make our pick at two, and then suddenly everybody was talking about, oh, the Patriots are going to steal Jackson at the end of the first round. Um, are the Ravens going to take him at 20-whatever that they had their pick, and they took a tight end? Yeah. Um, I, I actually thought maybe the Steelers made a move on him. Yeah, I mean that would that would because you know, Roethlisberger is talking about retiring. Sure, so Steelers had twenty eight. All these teams don't take him, and then I was like, "Huh, what about we have the second pick of the second round? Mayfield already went in the first round to the Browns. Do we take Lamar Jackson?" So I sent out I I, I sent to one of my many sources. I sent out a text. I said, "You know, I was hoping we'd just go O line from here on out." for to to protect Eli to block for Barkley but I was like Lamar Jackson at the top of the second round question mark and the response I got was <laughs> which I've seen that's why I'm laughing already yeah uh he's borderline retarded <laughs> poor Lamar Jackson <laughs> he admitted his freshman year he didn't know what down it was sometimes Forget the scoreboards. There's a fucking dude with a big orange sign right next to you telling you the down. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I and, and I hate this because it's the one black quarterback and it makes us just basically look racist. No, but that that's not. I didn't say anything racist about it. I just gave yeah. you this category. I was into it. I was like, do we take him at the beginning of the second round? But and Tug asked this. I don't know if you remember. Maybe it was a lot. Not the last time it was on, but two times ago. It was like, what are you looking for? And to me. At quarterback, we all were talking about Mayfield's size and Darnold's arm and Rosen's accuracy and all that stuff. But to me, first things first, I need a guy who's got a fucking brain because the NFL, the game comes at you fast. You don't need the fucking... Didn't know what down it was. I mean, it's literally on both sidelines. That's some water boy shit. <laughs> yeah. Didn't know what down it was. That's crazy. So, 
I can't. Yeah. For me, I was like, well, I guess that's a bullet we dodged. I want him to do well, though. I, I really enjoyed watching him in college. I hope he succeeds. Again, obviously, he's sitting behind Flacco. Then it turns into, do they use him? Not, you know, he's saying he only wants to play quarterback. Uh, to me, I don't think he... How much time does Flacco have left anyway? You know what I mean? I mean that's a good point. Like, long term. They won... God, time flies. The year the Ravens beat your boy, Colin yeah. Kaepernick, in the Super Bowl. Yeah. That was the 2012 season. Yeah. We're coming up on the 2018 season. That was six years ago. Yeah. Flacco's been around for 10 plus years. Yeah. I mean, I forget what draft class he was in, but he's been, you know. And look, a lot of guys play, but Flacco was hurt last year. They, they were talking Flacco wasn't going to start the year. Remember that? Yeah. He, he did. But they were talking about a back. Remember that hit Flacco took? Was it against the Dolphins? Yeah. And then a back injury. Wasn't that what he missed at the beginning of last year with a back injury? Yeah. Flacco was taken uh, in 2008. Yeah. So he he could play a while longer, but he's also has a back injury. So blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't, I don't mind taking a guy behind a quarterback like that and letting him sit for a little bit. Let him learn. You know what what all down the, it is. Let them learn what down it is. <laughs> you know what? I was really disappointed uh, on all these quarterbacks taken. I was disappointed that none of them were rocking the excellent gear from Flag and Anthem oh. at draft day. These guys, they wear their suits. Yeah. They all, it's always ridiculous. They always end up regretting these suits. No one would have regretted Flag and Anthem. No one. Especially with their spring line out. I, I'll tell you something, Andy. I did a show at a country club last week. Talk about white privilege. Yeah. And I was, I wore a blazer that I got from Flag and Anthem. A fucking, that navy blazer that they sell. It's like a cash blazer. I wore it with like jeans and sneakers ah. and a button down shirt. And I like it. I was like, I could get drafted in this. That was, that was actually Thursday night. And I, draft. I was like, I could get drafted in this. Yeah. I look good. These guys, if Lamar Jackson had been smart enough to wear a Flag and Anthem blazer to the NFL draft, I, I would have been okay. I would have been like, so he doesn't know what down it is, but he knows what a good cut casual blazer looks like. Exactly. Flagging at them, they have it all. They have women's shirts now. They got the new line from Dirk Bentley, which I'm currently wearing. Yeah. Which I got, which you, this is how you know Flagging at them's good. Not to stereotype, but I will. The amount of compliments I got from gay men today wearing, I wore the Oxblood corduroys and my Dirk Bentley three quarters Desert tea. Sun shirt. Everybody was complimenting and you, me. And you've changed your pants since then? You didn't want to keep rocking your gay outfit for the for the podcast tonight? Well, I just, you know, I, I had to go sweats. Yeah. Nothing against the Flag and Anthem. But guys, you too can rock the Flag and Anthem. And the best part is you get 25% off your first order. Just drop promo code DIRTY at checkout to get 25% off. That's flagandanthem.com, promo code DIRTY, 25% off your first order. Okay, let's get to your Giants. Because I do like your pick. And I did have the privilege of seeing Saquon Barkley play a fair amount. I'm not a big fan. This is what's interesting. And Before I let you say your piece. And someone said this on the NFL Network, which I thought was, was such a great point. They said, dude, teams have figured it out. They're not taking running backs in the first round at all. Yeah. And receivers. No receiver was taken until I believe twenty fourth. They're basically saying we can find. By the way, I don't. I don't think he was the first receiver to go. I think he was the second. But fuck Ridley to the Falcons. 
That's, yeah. That's a fantastic pick. I like that pick, too. Yeah, the first receiver taken was DJ Moore uh, to the Panthers at 24. But what they were saying was running backs, receivers, so many teams are finding really good players, especially running back, you know, outside of Ezekiel Elliott, of course, who was top five. But they also said Saquon Barkley is without a doubt the best player in the draft. So him, he deserves, he should go in the top three. I'm glad you brought up Zeke because, first of all, I am an I am a guy. I would be part of the group that does not value the running back position. I have seen so many teams win with running back by committee, and so many teams win with guys you've never fuck. I mean, f- forgot New England, my Giants, yeah, Brandon Jacobs and Ahmad Bradshaw, Brandon Jacobs, Ahmad Bradshaw, Derek Ward, like, and, and by the way. The Giants' run started right after Tiki Barber retired. Like we had a guy, then we went to running back by committee, and we're we're fucking winning ball games. I am a believer in that. For too long, the running back position was essentially overvalued. Yes, but I also believe that sometimes there are guys that change that entirely. L- let's look at running back by committee. In Seattle, how's running back by committee in Seattle worked out? It was a, it, it seems like it not as great as it was working when it was running back by beast mode, who yeah. was like carrying them, and they were just like whenever we need a fucking yard, except for that one time we really need a yard, <laughs> we give it to fucking beast mode. And I mean, you look at a guy like Adrian Peterson, like the, the, like a guy like Adrian Peterson. It's like, what do you get? You you got to take him, sure. Like, look at how fucking good he is. Now I'm glad you brought up Zeke. Because Zeke went five. A lot of people said, hey, this isn't the way. This is a reach. This is a reach. This isn't how it works anymore. Running back by committee. You can't say that that wasn't a good pick. It's a great pick. And also, something else you can't say is you can't say that Saquon Barkley in his career at Penn State wasn't significantly better than Ezekiel Elliott's career at Ohio State. I mean, what Saquon Barkley was doing at Penn State was absurd. It was absurd. It was a, well, it was a they fucking come, highlight reel. And they come from that same mode of both those guys can play all three downs. Yep. They can catch the ball out of the backfield. What more can you ask for out of a running back? So I'll tell you my I'll tell you my train of thought for the Giants pick, and then I'll tell you I reached out to another source and from from my, from my Giants land, and I'll tell you what I heard. And that source confirmed that Saquon Barkley does understand the down and distance marker. Yeah. I actually, he said, uh, we're not sure if he understands the down and distance, but he's not a quarterback, so we don't give a shit. <laughs> as long as he knows which direction he's running. Um, I wanted the Giants to trade down. I wanted Nelson. I wanted the guard from Notre Dame. He's a once-in-a-fucking-decade guard. We Our O-line is shit. I didn't want any of these quarterbacks. I believe, obviously, in Eli Manning. I believe Eli Manning has a couple more years in him. And I believe that if Eli Manning had protection, he would definitely have a couple more years in him. I wanted Nelson. Now, just like I said of the Browns and Mayfield, the the New York Giants cannot draft a guard at two overall. They can't do it. And I didn't want them to do it. I wanted them to trade back get picks, take the guy they want. 
I was pushing people that I know at the Giants, tell me who we're picking, tell me who we're picking, tell me who we're picking, tell me who we're picking. Finally, I get a text, Barkley. And I said, and before I could reply, they were like, we tried to trade down. No one, no one offered us what we wanted to trade back. So we're taking the best player in the entire draft. Hey, sounds like sound reasoning to me. I'm in. Let's go. And the other thing with Saquon Barkley is, while you don't have the best offensive line, if you look at his numbers at Penn State, the amount of broken tackles and behind the backfield broken tackles, he's the type of guy that can equalize picking an offensive lineman by getting through the defenders. And also, maybe he's the single man on the planet that will turn the third down and two shotgun draw into an effective play. (laughs) (laughs) But also, uh, we scored at the top of the second round. We took Hernandez, the kid from UTEP, uh, I, th- I think that's where it's right, right? The guard from UTEP. And the Browns took an offensive lineman, of course, right before him. I was like, fuck, they're going to take Hernandez. They didn't. We got Hernandez. Like, we still got a great guard. For the record, not Aaron Hernandez, Will. Yeah, Will Hernandez. Not related. Yeah. And so I'm super stoked. I I think the Giants absolutely crushed their draft. And I'm a, I'm a homer, and I'm biased, and everybody knows I fucking love the Giants, and everybody knows that I know people that were probably – you know, uh, very involved in making those draft picks, but I thought we killed the draft. Barkley at two, if we couldn't trade back, I like it. Um, we got it. We got an offensive lineman to start the second. Then we went D line bonanza for the new three four. We were going D lineman and pass rushing. You know, DN slash outside linebackers, and I, I I thought the Giants killed it, and and the consensus seems to be that the Giants killed it. Yeah, well, that's good. Who do you like kind of to bring it back to the quarterbacks? Yeah. I still kind of like, uh, God, why is his name slipping my tongue? Josh now? Allen. Josh Allen to be the most successful. I like that he went to Buffalo. I I think there's a lot less pressure up there. I, I like Rosen now. I like Rosen in to the Cardinals. I think that's... Rosen's... God, he comes across like such a douche, doesn't he? But you know what? His dad's a fucking surgeon and his mom's a whatever. Like, he's probably not... You know where he's from? And I didn't, I didn't realize this until the draft. Manhattan Beach. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's not... He's definitely not a dumb kid. And I I just think situation's important. I I actually liked Josh Allen. Josh Allen has a lot of the um, things that I look for in, in a quarterback. One is that... I like it when guys don't play at super big schools uh, where or super dominant schools, I should say. Like, I'd rather have the doormat guy from the SEC or a guy who's playing in the Pac-12 somewhere that gets beat up than the USC quarterback or the Miami quarterback. Like, you, you look back at the years of the Warfels and the Dor- Dorseys and the, you know, the uh, Matt Leinerts and the fucking, you know, whoever. And these guys just don't get touched. They're never touched. They have no adversity whatsoever. Uh, I'll take the Eli Manning from Ole Miss having to get his ass kicked by Auburn and Alabama and all those schools and Florida, all the those schools every year. So I like Allen. I just and I think he'll be okay. It sucks to go to Buffalo for one, and also not super accurate. Like the 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 video I saw on him, like I, I saw him overthrow like running backs out of the backfield. He's got upside. I think Darnold's going to be... I didn't know what I thought about Darnold, but I think he's going to be a bust with the Jets. Like, Darnold to the Jets is a death sentence. 
Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not a big. Well, Darnold just he just turned the damn ball over too much this year. Yeah. Every game I watch, he's throwing interceptions. He's fumbling the ball. I got to bring up the Josh Allen tweet shit, man. It just never ends now. Like, like there's now rumors that a team leaked his tweets from. Dude, some of these went back to 2010. Yeah. It's the same thing. White kid quoting rap songs, dropping I, the N-bomb. I, I, I'm done with that. But, my, but Like, this is absurd. I don't care about anything, and I know it's like, maybe this is me having white privilege or whatever, but anything that happened to a kid is awful. It's like, show me a tweet that somebody wrote when they were 25 years old and they said this. I'm like, fine. Well, sounds like that guy's a racist. Yeah. Show me something a kid in Wyoming tweeted at 14. Is he racist or has he never met a black person? <laughs> 14 years. Now, now he, 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 he is from California. He's from Fresno, I think, but still. But that's basically California's fucking Wyoming, right? Like True. Fresno? True. Ever been to Fresno? No. It's awful. <laughs> The Car Brothers. It's a fucking Christianville. It's true. The Car Brothers. I just, I, I, you know, when all that came out, I just don't get it. Is there realistically a GM? Because you should be a smart guy. You're a general manager of a professional football team. Is there really a GM who says, well, he's got some questions, versus Baker Mayfield, who's running from the cops, getting tackled just last year? Because he's all fucked up versus a 12-year-old tweeting rap lyrics? Yeah. I, again, I don't know. I, 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 any, anything a fucking kid does on Twitter, like, what the fuck are we talking about? We're ten year, By the way, we're 10 years away from guys' balls in Snapchats fucking be. They're like, oh, I don't know if you know this, but in 2018, he sent a girl a picture of his balls on Snapchat. And his balls... Uh, Mel, they look like a a dog's head. But think about this. This is. This I mean, is can how, you imagine fucking? It's it, it's like I really want everybody to think about this for a minute. This is really insane. That this and then the the picture that leaked. Who was the offensive lineman who uh, Miami drafted? Laramie Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil from Ole Miss. Yeah. It's like a pick leaks of a guy using a gas mask to smoke a plant affected his livelihood, affected him losing millions. That is crazy from a social media app. It's nuts. That's the NFL. That's the NFL, right? The NFL is just like, but also did Josh Allen fall like to 10? You know what I mean? No, he fell to seven, and yeah. I don't think he fell. Yeah. You're right. But I'm saying there were rumors. If he was black, he would have fallen. There were conspiracy rumors. Like Laramie Tunsil. That a team leaked that who wanted him, who wanted him to fall. I mean, obviously someone leaked it. Yeah. It came out within 24 hours of the draft. Old tweets. Well, maybe the same kid who's leaking fucking, like, I, I just picture some kid literally in his mom's basement eating bagel bites who's like, Meh. the kid from Villanova's playing? It was just a couple years ago that I fucking saw him tweeting about eating ass. <laughs> I got another one. Ma, we just got the kid from Villanova. Yeah, who's doing this? Who's yeah. holding on to these things? So so this is actually a good point. There's probably someone out there. I can't wait for my Comedy Central show, and they'll be like, 
reports today, Comedy Central's uh, newly signed Joe Prano will not be having a show as we found 200,000 tweets where he told somebody to kill himself. The suicide prevention campaign has shut down his show. You can't even say that. Remember, I got suspended last year for seven days on Twitter. For telling someone to kill themselves. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I saw I saw when that was all going down. I've actually stopped telling people to kill themselves. But I was, I mean, back in the, I was in the glory days of the kill yourself on Twitter, you know? <laughs> you were in the glory days. I told someone to kill themselves over Kobe versus LeBron. Yeah, you should have. And then I, I got. they did. <laughs> and then I got shut down. I miss Twitter, by the way. I just want to put that out there to everybody. Just in general? I miss, dude, Twitter five years ago. Was the Wild West? There was somehow making fucking money doing memes. I was making. He's a, like, I didn't even know they were called memes, but I was make. I was rolling in the dough. I was making good money. You could literally watch the most graphic pornography. Can you watch porn on Twitter still? I don't know. You could watch graphic pornography. You could say whatever the fuck you wanted to anybody. Yeah. But now, you can't even tell a Kobe Bryant fan to kill themselves. <laughs> What kind of age and world do we live in? <laughs> it feels like just yesterday that I could pretend to be Tom T- Tim Tebow's <laughs> twin brother and make tons of money on it. I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> I have no clue what you're talking about. It, it, it's, it's sad, though. It's really sad. Yeah. It's a sad state that we live in. And uh, we just need a new social media app. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I, I, honestly, if somebody went for the free speech app, like that would be, I I feel like it would kill it. Sadly, it would probably be sworn by conservatives to start. But like just going well on, like you can actually say anything. I, so, did you see the Facebook commercial today? Has that been on all week? I've seen a few during NBA playoffs. The fact that Facebook's doing an ad is pretty fascinating. Uh, doing an ad about how like suddenly we're gonna stop selling your fucking information. Yeah, I was like what the fuck is this? It's crazy, right? Yeah. Facebook is doing advertising. Yeah. To say we're good. Yeah, to say we're not we're not gonna fucking sell your shit anymore. I'm like, okay. What I want, and I tweeted this, I just want an honest app for Instagram. No filters. I do girls, man, you girls are evil. They are evil with that shit, man. Yeah. It's like you, you you see their picture on Tinder and you meet them, they don't have dog ears at all. <laughs> <laughs> They're evil. Girl, girls are so good at that. Yeah. Facetune. I'll tell you what, fellas. And I don't know if guys do this too. I'm sure I'm sure men do this too. But if there's just a picture basically above the chest area yeah. and there ain't no full body pictures, do not trust that person. Do you know I heard the rumor. I heard that Baker Mayfield facetuned himself to look six foot four, and that's why the Browns <laughs> drafted him. <laughs> Great callback. He's he's getting scouted on on Instagram. It's amazing with the with the tall filter filter. You know what I saw the other day? We didn't get to cover this, and and it's a video, so I don't even know how it's going to play out on the show. Marvin Harrison is a lunatic. You know, I mean, I've told the story before of the Marvin Harrison running Mikey and I had with him in Atlantic City. He was a giant piece of shit. You've told it a few times. Now, Marvin Harrison also, let's not forget, on the scene of a shooting in broad daylight. Yeah. Like, murders happened. With a gun. Yeah. 
So this video leaked last week. This is what I just find so funny. Marvin Harrison, he owns a company. Or I'm sorry, he runs a company that owns roughly 80 properties around Philly. Mm-hmm. Including some pro, you know, some housing projects, a sports bar, a car garage, all this shit, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so just to clarify, Marvin Harrison is a slumlord. Yes. Okay, continue. So there's this video. Slumlords often carry guns. Of him chasing this guy who's filming straight up with a bat. Like, just beats this guy, basically. Knocks off some stuff. But here's what I found funny in the article. Somebody made a, a excellent point in the comment section. This is what I had to bring up. So let's not forget, during all those years that Marvin Harrison was such a quiet, good guy, playing for the Colts, catching all those footballs from Peyton Manning, was also the same time frame of Randy Moss and Terrell Owens, who were the cancers for their locker rooms. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the divas, the fucking, the wild men. Meanwhile, uh, you know, Terrell Owens was pulling a fucking Sharpie out of his sock to sign fucking footballs. Marvin Harrison had a gun in his sock. <laughs> and that's the point. And not for the celebration. This is shit got out of control. <laughs> you know, Marvin Harrison, the low-key quiet dude, that's what you always got to watch out for. The quiet dude who you think, oh, he's such a good team player. Him and Peyton Manning have great chemistry. Yeah, they might have had great chemistry. But Marvin Harrison is a straight-up fucking gangster, bro. Yeah. yeah, a lunatic, too. Randy Moss is mooning people. Yeah. He's not shooting people. Yeah. He was like, he was at Rand University. You know what I mean? He was just like going to school outside of fucking 7-Eleven. Marvin Harrison was going to school fucking shooting people. If you have a second, you got to pop this video up. Ironically, from Therese Owens' yeah. <laughs> website of Marvin Harrison. Chase- Therese finally got got that revenge. <laughs> Chasing this dude with a bat. Well, look, we've plowed through this show. We made it happen. Vince has been nothing but a great trooper this show. Vince is now cramping up like LeBron James in the third quarter. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Any baseball stuff? Uh, no, I think the only you, we, we talked before the show. I think the only thing, and I thought this was a fun fun stat, is the Arizona Diamondbacks won their first nine series of the year. I don't know if they won their series this weekend. I guess it's Sunday, but that was the, they did lose today. I know that they much. did lose today, but they had won their first nine series, and uh, that's the first time that it had happened since like. 1900 or something like that. Which or is crazy. Yeah. Because they're only 19 and 8. They're basically going 2 and 1 in every series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A couple three-game series in there and uh, a couple sweeps. It's nuts. Um, but yeah, if but you want to get the full baseball discussion, dirty slides. Dirty slides, yeah. We'll, we'll be covering, covering baseball more in depth. Sometimes, and like this is a great example of it right now, is the, the time in the baseball season where... Like the flagship show, it's like, well, what really happened? You know, it's the end of April. We're we're just kind of settling in, unless a story pops. Well, come over to Dirty Slides, the Dirty Slides podcast, where we're forced to talk about this shit. Which I've heard rumors might be getting its own, its own iTunes channel, its own SoundCloud its own, channel. Wow, we we might be making the leap. But as long as you guys support it, yeah, and continue to support it, yeah. Currently on the mothership. Yeah, Network. right. Yeah, right now it's on the mothership. Might mo- might be moving over to the 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 deuce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you remember yeah. ES- I, dude, I to this day will never 
forget. I might have even said this on the show. When ESPN2 came out, I will never forget. Because remember, they tried to make the cool graphics. Yeah, totally. And it was like graffiti-looking graphics. They showed the X Games over there. I will never forget. Dude, I could be wrong. Unless it was... I I didn't see it the first day. I was at my parents' house, put on ESPN2. The first day that I ever watched ESPN2, I don't know if it was the first day or the second day, whenever it was, it was a fireman competition. (laughs) Yeah. That's the type of programming ESPN2 had when it started out. Now that stuff's all the way over on the Ocho. Yeah, exactly. Well, Dirtballs, give us some love. Give our boy Vince some love. Drop us an iTunes review. Yeah, drop drop an iTunes review for Vince. Uh, So far, you know, he's still hanging in there. You you didn't hear him during the show, hopefully. So that means he's he's still with us. Uh, But but drop us an iTunes review. uh, Rate, review, subscribe. Subscribe, goddammit. Are, are there people that are just not subscribed? Yes. You think they listen to it a la carte? There are. <laughs> there are people who just download every episode or they pick and choose. Just subscribe to the damn show. Yeah. And go support my boy. I, I just pulled up JoePrano.com right now. JoePrano.com. Uh, I'm about to officially release the full schedule for the stadiums and stand-up tour. Stand-up and stadiums, working title. Um, but I got got a bunch of stuff coming up. First things first, uh, May. I'm the realist. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yeah. May, uh, uh, second week of May, I'll be up in the Bay. And we'll lay in the hay. <laughs> I just May. Uh, second week in May. We'll make it a day. Yeah, we'll make it a day. Uh, we'll be going to Astros A's at the Coliseum. It's a Wednesday day game. Then Thursday, Friday at the setup in San Francisco. Saturday, Laugh City in Oakland. So if you're up in the Bay, Go fool. hit me up and we'll do that. All the rest of my dates, lots of them. And uh, soon the stadiums that I'll be pairing them with all on my website, JoePrano.com. It starts in May up in the Bay. And currently, right now, it ends in September with Wrigley, Comiskey, a live Dirty Sports podcast at the Comedy Bar, and a headlining weekend at the Comedy Bar. So that's basically the Dirtball Midwest meetup for the year. So if you're anywhere near there, just start planning that. That's going to be a bonanza. Yeah. It's also NFL Week 1. Amazing. And if you have any interest in your SoCal Dirtball in joining us and the one and only Ricky Williams, I think we've kind of just decided this on uh, the episode. We're going to show up to his mystic journey and have our... Slide into those DMs. We're going to have a real mystic journey. Yeah, we'll have... Dirtballs thusting. We'll have our own mystic journey. Uh, DirtySports.com, at Fix Your Life on Twitter for Joe, at Andy Ruther on Twitter for me. And uh, yeah, thanks for all the support, guys. Can't do it without you guys. Like Joe said at the beginning of the show... We know how much you guys support the show. We can't thank you enough. And keep on thusting. The thust train is never stopping. Yeah, I'm just picturing uh, like weird Twitter in his thust the process t-shirt at the at the Ricky Williams yoga thing and being like, how much should I thust when I'm in Warrior 2? Is this too much thust? He's like, why do you guys keep saying thust? <laughs> and I'm picturing, uh, what's Trevor's nickname? Uh, Two-a-days. Two-a-days. <laughs> yeah. We should make him wear a helmet while he does <laughs> <laughs> while he does his yoga. <laughs> uh, but all jokes aside, thank you guys again. I, I started off the show serious, and I want to end the show serious. Thank you guys for all the support. Vince is hanging in there uh, for now, um, and and I, I try not to be one of those guys who does like. Uh, I, I do want to say this: a lot of people have slid into my DMs in the last six months. Like, how's Vince doing? How's Vince doing? And I appreciate it. I try not to be the guy who like 
you know, is going to do like a memorial to Vince on like Instagram or some shit. So every, yeah. every once in a while, I like to put a subtle post up, like him outside Joe's Pizza eating pizza, just so everybody knows he's still with us. But thank you for everybody who's checked in since September. Thank you to everybody who supported. Thanks to everybody who donated to his cause. He's still with us for now. Hopefully he'll he'll get through this hiccup and he'll be with us for a little longer. Well, much love, Dirtballs. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. And most importantly, don't forget, condoms are for pussies.